0: Business and people, your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Agency Bud podcast. On the show, we talk to CEOs and founders, agency owners and business people about the challenges they've overcome and the steps they've taken to get to where they are. You can follow along at podcast.agencybud.com. On the show, we're going to be talking to somebody amazing. We're going to introduce that person in just a second. Don't forget to check out agencybud.com. Add in our software to your business and increase your recurring revenue with agencybud.com. Let's go and meet today's special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Agency Bud Podcast. We are talking to agency owners, digital marketers, and rock stars from around the planet. Today's interview is absolutely no exception. It is my pleasure to bring onto the show a gentleman who has been listed in Forbes Magazine. He is Uh, The 40 under 40 CEOs, he has grown his business to millions of dollars. He's got 30 plus staff. He started from nothing and recovered from an incredible accident to build an amazing future. He's worked with clients like Aldi, like uh, um, Harley Davidson. He has worked with financial institutions and is one of the fastest growing digital uh, digital agencies in the world. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome to the show, Mr. Jordan Fogarty. Jordan, thanks so much for joining me, man. Thanks for having me. Nice to Mate, be here. It's amazing to see your growth. Now, I, I'm doing my research as we as we started to to put the, the, the platform together of who is Jordan Fogarty. My mind was just being blown. You've come from some incredible adversity and then you've just gone boom and skyrocketed through to what me, most people struggle with in these first kind of 10 years. You've just done it like lightning speed. How did all this happen, man?
1: Oh, well, where do we start? Uh, I think, you know, without going in into it for too long, but the uh, having that car accident and being told, you know, you're never going to walk again and you're not going back to university and all of these things, it was sort of that, no, I'll show you mentality. Uh, and I think that really drove me and, and getting through that and getting over that quite quickly and, and kind of, you know, proving them wrong, if you like, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, really drove me to go, okay, if I, I think when I went to start um, this business, the typical challenges, I mean, like any business, it's like if you knew how hard it was going to be... You'd <laughs> never have gone down it. that path. Yeah, you wouldn't have gone down that path. It's like getting punched in the face every single day sometimes. Um, However, I think going through that experience of the accident and, and all that sort of trauma for a couple of years, I think my mentality, I, I was like, okay, how can I use this? And it was almost along the lines of, okay, well, if I can get through that, then surely I can you know, handle some of these challenges that will come my way. So... I just think one of the main things might be I try and not get too hung up and caught up on big challenges. So yeah. obviously challenges throw us around and emotionally and stress and that, but try and have a little bit of fun with it um, yeah. along the way because I find if you're fighting the challenges too much, you're um, you're just going to be sort of a pretty stressed out sort of um, you know person.
0: How do, you, how do you work with those now, Jordan? Like, so something comes into, into B Media, which is your agency. And, and again, guys, check out Jordan, follow along with B Media. These guys are absolutely rock stars of what they're doing. So something comes into the agency. How now does that uh, adversity that you've been through, how does that affect the way you're leading your team? Does, do you have different language than you find that most
1: people do? I think, I mean, I'm certainly not perfect to say that, first of all. However, I think it's just... When so, when so many things go wrong along the way, like, like all of us really, you start to understand and realize that things in the moment seem so massive and seem so insurmountable. But even, uh, and we've had some, you know, crazy years of just like, Oh my gosh, how on earth would we get through this? You know, and then you get through it and you get over it and you're like, businesses are actually remarkably resilient and then people are remarkably resilient. Um, so I think it's just trying to, Uh, give people that solace that listen here's the examples where we have gotten through things much worse than this in the past we're going to be fine so that might be a way that I I approach that
0: nice I'm going to come to uh to um uh, your book and all kinds of things in just a minute but can I can I go back to those very first years of getting started with with B Media how did it was just you or did you put a team together from day one like how did that start
1: yeah so started off as an idea going okay I actually previously had a startup business. I was at um university and studying and was like, okay, these online virtual assistants, this would be, you know, a cool business to sort of start up on the side, fund tech, etc. This is about, you know, seven years ago. And all those clients, whether they were in Australia or overseas or something, wanted marketing help and particularly digital marketing. They were just like, this is the thing we we want help with. So I actually ended up pivoting uh to B Media and then yeah bought on um bought on a co-founder at the start and then grew from 1 to 2 to 3 uh yeah, so the, the good, the early days—they were the fun, they were the extremely fun days, the wild days.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure, mate. Was it so? It was you and a co-founder like, from from day one. You and a co-founder sitting in a room somewhere, going, "Okay, how do we get clients?" Like, was that the first question? How do we get clients? How do we service clients? I mean, all of the standard stuff with starting a digital agency. Like, what was what was the strategy? How did you map it out in those early days?
1: Sure. So I I remember we first started. Like, I actually put up a. This sounds crazy, but I put up a post and uh, seek added things like find a co founder competition. Wow. Cause I was like, okay, I'm 23. I need a co founder. I need someone with like a little bit of gray hair. Um, so actually almost started interviewing these co founders. And then, um, Justin and I started, we, you know, started working together. Got this tiny little office. Um, and then I remember the first, the first probably year I, I was more the business development and I was more external. He was more the internal side. So it was most of the day, three or four hours in the morning, just calling, visiting businesses, just hustling like hardcore and yeah. then coming back and then doing the work at night. Uh, so there's lots of funny stories I remember of, you know, getting going on the um going to the gym in the morning and listening to this sort of, you know, sales tapes and things like this nice. and then going and making like three hours of cold calls. And wow. so really hustling because at the start, the challenge is you don't have all this advertising and marketing and great website and all these things. You're just sort of starting with an idea and trying to trying to give it some life.
0: Do you think that that's available to anyone, mate? And, and the reason I ask is because we've got a, a lot of people that are coming in as Uh, Digital agencies, and I know uh, reading some books, you know, people who have started and been successful in digital agencies say that one of the troubles is the barrier to entry is so low. Anybody can say, I'm going to be a digital agency, you know, starting today. Do you think that it's available to anybody? Thinking about the hustle that you did, you don't have websites, you haven't got a client, you've never done this before, but you can get out there and get started. Do you think that that's possible anybody can follow the same path?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Without a doubt. Absolutely. I think, you know, if you look at Some of maybe the most successful digital agency owners, it's very similar stories. Um, and very similar stories to how they started was just hardcore hustle. I think what the real maybe barrier to entry is that required hustle and commitment and dedication and madness for the first year or two is maybe that's the true barrier to entry to getting to a decent size. So anyone can start anything, but it's almost like who can jump that, cross that chasm into uh, having enough sales and income to be able to employ people, build a bit of a machine, and kind of get to that next level. Absolutely that makes sense. Do you remember the first client that said yes to you? Yes, I do. It was it was in our little building. Yeah. Um, I don't think she realised we had literally started four or five days earlier, okay. <laughs> and it was a, it was a skin clinic, and she actually became. Um, you know, uh, a really, really great client and was just upstairs. So of course, would come down if she was, uh, wasn't was sort of too uh, au okay fait with the internet. Um, would come down into the office and just check in on something. So nice. that, was, that was good though. We, we were absolutely in. getting that. We were getting that uh, hand user feedback uh, nearly daily. So I do remember. Um, and it was sitting there trying to not be too happy that she said yes. It was like, Okay, cool. The process now is we'll just, you know, go through the onboarding and so.
0: <laughs> and inside you're like doing that little happy dance. It's so like, yeah. yes, we got our first one. Absolutely. So yes. what, what did you actually do for the skin clinic? What was what was the job that that she wanted you to do with her with her business?
1: So she was, you know, um skin needling and sort of natural health, uh natural skin um clinic and wanted to promote to a local area, whether mm-hmm. it was sort of, you know, through to, anyone with skin conditions, rosacea, these type of things. So at the time, and this sounds funny, but uh, some Facebook ads was just getting started, like quite literally just getting started. Uh, So we, yeah, we did some, um, we sort of set up a social campaign in the local area and then did a search campaign across Google for her to start. And and then it really helped her with their website because she sort of just had a her site at the time. And her business previously had been quite small word of mouth and she wanted to take it to, to the next level.
0: Did you did you focus just on? And I look at B Media now, and I see the the amazing resume of services that you provide. Everything SEO, you're doing Google Ads, you're doing LinkedIn strategies, you're doing social strategies, you're doing all of these amazing things. For a little while there, did you focus on one niche with it? Was with Facebook ads, or was it specific to each client? How did that work for you?
1: Yeah, to be yeah, we did definitely when we started. I feel like the advantage we had, being small and nimble, was we really invested in and understood. The Facebook platform and Facebook advertising. i like, okay, cool. And not many businesses were doing that at the time. It was very sort of a new, fresh, uh, exciting thing to try. So that's where we got our foot in a lot of doors of a lot of clients because mm-hmm. their incumbent agency was maybe just sitting away with their typical Nice, profitable services or whatever hadn't hadn't gone down this path because they weren't a startup and didn't need to. Yeah. So right. that was a great foot in the door to sort of go. Listen, we know you've got this happening, but this is a whole sector that nice. um, you know could could provide a lot of value. Very cool. And so you you had experience
0: with with outsources, as you said, when you were at uni. You know, you were um, dabbling in that as a, almost as a side project. As you were getting started with the agency side of things, bringing in clients, doing that hustle door to door. You know, hitting the phones and doing all that sort of stuff. Did you then outsource a lot of your fulfillment? Like, were you getting a team of people to do the the actual the, the fulfillment of those agency clients?
1: Sorry, when it was just two of us, yeah, we were. We sort of. Um, it, you know, Justin was getting enough work. Then it was starting to get to a level where the sales were starting to come in and we won a couple of good clients and then we, you could obviously leverage off that. Uh, so, yeah, we did initially until we could afford our first full-time sort of paid specialist and, and then, what, uh, you know, when, hired that person.
0: When was that, mate? Like like how far into the journey
1: was the uh, was the first hire? I think it was maybe three months, three or four wow, months. Wow, that's quick. Yeah, it was relatively quick. Um, uh it was an advantage of being 23 as well. I, was, I was just had this crazy amount of energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: 18-hour like days and no sweat at all. Um, so yeah. first first hire after three months, who was that? Was that, a, was that a specialist in one particular area?
1: Yeah, so her name was Louisa. I'm still in touch with her, actually, which is also awesome. She lives in Sydney now. Um, and she was a specialist in, in Google Ads. So she'd had some experience um, and she'd migrated from Brazil, um so it was great because she had experience could come in and be trained more and sort of that real startup culture of us three and um you know building that out and at the time we didn't really have you know systemized workflows and how we do things and a lot of structure it was um just sort of building that as you as you went along
0: yeah absolutely did you did you change that philosophy at some point mate did you looking at we just build it as you go along like that that it's almost like you build the ship on the way down i've heard that analogy so many times but when did you start <laughs> to say this business now we need to have processes and systems in place and you know a to b to c client onboarding processes and that kind of stuff like how long into your journey did you start to say wow we
1: need to we need to put some structure into place here yeah great question i think it would have been within probably probably around the 12 month mark so okay. i remember we sort of got to that sort of one mil turnover at that 12-month mark. And then that was kind of going, okay, we had six or seven, maybe five or six people at that time. And then, to be honest, at that prior to about the first 12 to 18 months, I was like, oh, listen, culture is just something that those business people at universities talk about. It's not really, like, important. It's just this fluffy thing that isn't really important. It's only what sales people talk about, you know. Exactly, it's just about hustle and this and this and this yeah, and that yeah, stuff's just. So then I started to appreciate. Okay, well, you, you've got these people in this system. How does that work? Are we best leveraging people's time? Levels? Of, like, how do you have accountability? How do you make sure the client's getting what you say? So that's when we I started to really look around and research and read and okay, what how do other people do this? So a lot of it's been self self learned, I suppose, of just reading articles, books, speaking. Got a culture consultant to come in and. Teach me almost how to. I had, you know, started to get some difficult friction with my co founder, yep. which that was a new experience because it was like, okay, this isn't just like an argument with a mate. This is someone that, you know, you guys are leading a business together with other everyone else in the business watching how you speak and, and engage with each other. So, um, wow. That was, yeah, that was an interesting dynamics.
0: Mate, I, f- I find that fascinating and not surprising that you're looking at a particular area of your company that needs uh, i guess more knowledge and so you've hit the books like you've literally said how can i solve this problem how can i make this work for myself do you still do that today do you do you are you a constant learner are you constantly um, putting stuff into your
1: head yeah uh, it's funny i Absolutely. The last six months, to be honest, through this COVID period, I've, I've you know, been getting through so many books, particularly audio books I'm loving because they're just uh, so easy to get through um, on runs and things. But yeah, always. I put a lot of that down, uh, a lot of maybe my sort of business growth and things down to that, you know, that old saying, there's never a problem or an issue that you're going to come up against that someone else hasn't already had figured out solved and has written about it somewhere so a question that constantly goes in my mind the last sort of 6 to 12 months is what don't I know right now that would make my life so much better and easier and solve these problems so that's almost a bit of a tormenting question that goes and then that forces me to keep okay look at this look at that read that and sometimes like yes certain whether it's personal development or or business books, yes, sometimes there's a lot of crossover, a lot of overlap, and they're somewhat similar and they're a little bit boring at times. But if you get through enough, you just even if you're picking up one or two things, um, sometimes that can be a game changer. And and at times when I've gone, oh, my gosh, had I known that, I would have literally saved two years. Or $3 million. (laughs) All this stress. Exactly. Or millions of dollars. All this stress and pain and heartache. But anyway, I know it now, so let's implement move, move so that yeah, yeah. What's what's the favorite, mate?
0: Like what's the book in your in your agency journey that you went? Damn, I wish I'd read aside from yours, which is which is amazing. We're gonna to get to that in a second. But uh which one? Yours is called The Ultimate Growth Playbook, by the way, by Jordan Fogarty. You guys go and get it on Amazon or pick it up from B Media, I think. You can probably buy it from the site. Um go yeah. and grab it because obviously Jordan's a rock star. But what was the media that, that put you into that place?
1: So a great agency book to answer that specifically, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. Okay. That was a book that was like, because that was, it's not just, that's not just about sales at all. It was about, it's actually a, the ultimate machine of a business. Um, so it's everything from, you know, setting things up to processes, to culture, to, to this. It, it is like got quite a bent to building a highly successful sales team. And I know yeah. even, you know, companies like HubSpot put a lot of their success down to that book wow. uh, and things like that um, because it just gives you all these awesome tactics and shows you how important structure is and discipline and, and, and then constantly evolving and optimizing your business like every single step of the way. So that's probably definitely um, one, one of the top for sure.
0: I love it. I, I'm going to make sure we put that into the uh, into the show notes so that people can go and check that out. Oh, you know, HubSpot endorsing it, B Media endorsing it with the success that you've had. I hopefully uh, we we'll drive a few more sales for Chat just from uh, just from mentioning it. So. Um what about the people that, that aren't salesy, Jordan? I've come from a sales background myself. I love it, you know, yeah. talking to people and doing all that sort of stuff. But a lot of people find that a challenge. Would you recommend that they either, A, need to get over that and get into it and start making the calls and going and speaking to people? Or would you say, hey, look, better that you get somebody in that is, is that kind of person and you can work the other side of it?
1: Like, truthfully, and I'm, you know, obviously want to be direct, Uh, I I think it's more that you've got to find a way to push yourself to get over that. And you know what? I naturally am a very extroverted person. However, I found cold calling terrifying. Like, let's say, for example, if someone's starting their business now, and they've recently started in the last couple of years listening to this, and they're just stuck, and they're like, ah, how do I grow? And they're trying to, you know, do all these little tactics here and there, like, um. Everyone is terrified. Even the most, you know, extroverted person, the first maybe, maybe the first three, four hundred calls, maybe yeah. the first thousand calls. Yeah. <laughs> but if yeah. you push through that barrier, you're going to all of a sudden learn hooks and things. And this is just using cold calling as one example. Because yeah, yeah. if you can, I believe if you can cold call well, you can you can nail any element of sales. Um, There's yeah, plenty of materials
0: know. about being better at cold calls. So like, you know, again, learning some of the things and learning the the strategies. I, I again done a lot of it myself. I'm still not a fan, but know how much of a lifeblood bringer to a business that it that it is. Um in the in today's day of let's do content marketing and attraction marketing and let's, you know, put up Facebook ads for our own agency. We can do YouTube campaigns and LinkedIn systems. Is there still a drive that cold calling the old-fashioned hi my name is and this is what i can help you with am i talking to the right person is there still a drive that could see an
1: agency just using that tactic get up and running quickly just using i would use that carefully i think at the very start yes i think what the way i look at it and we look at it is we still do all elements of um you know we could try for a really whole like sort of multi-channel approach how do we mix things from different digital strategies to EDMs to cold outreach and you know at the end of the day what was brilliant for us starting is it wasn't just miscellaneous random cold calling it wasn't like you know yellow pages just whatever it was okay who are the top 100 businesses that would be excellent clients and that's actually in this ultimate sales machine book is that concept of dream clients what's your top 50 or 100 dream clients now connect with them on LinkedIn, make sure they see your stuff. There's awesome things you can do via like Facebook, you know, list marketing and things like that to actually get in front of them if you've got their emails Uh, and then picking up the phone because at the end of the day, we're all so overwhelmed with um, stimuli actually getting in front of someone and going, mate, like it's not, a lot of my pitch was not trying to sell to them on the phone. It was just trying to get 20 minutes of their time for a coffee. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? At the end of the day, all it is, mate, is it's a worst case scenario. I'd bore you and you get a free coffee. You know what I mean? And then they'd kind of laugh and go, Oh yeah, you're right, actually. Um, and you know what? If, if they told me to go away, I'd call back every week for the next sort of 12 weeks.
0: I love it, fantastic! And finally, they go okay. a call for you; it'll be fine. Amazing. Right, um, uh, yes, yep. Yeah. Did you? Did you? So you, you mapped out this top hundred clients. Were they only local? I've got one of a, a questions from our uh, from our agency, boat members Mark, who said, when you got started, did you focus
1: locally or did you go internationally straight away? Like, what was your strategy there? Hyper local initially. Hyper local. Great thing is, like, like, yeah. So we were like, literally in this, you know, suburb in Perth, um, and just there was two we we're on you know there's two streets next to each other yeah. i'd focus on some of those business literally so local and then really within within initially it was all within 10 15 minute drives i remember right. i divided the city up into core areas like north one north two north three had this maps up and then i would go okay i'm focusing on north one at the moment uh real estate companies because i can get their mobile numbers really easy because yeah. their mobile numbers are. All real estate agents have their mobile numbers, so you can get straight through to the CEO because he's also, you know, that's his mobile number. So, tactics like that. And then um, I think you want to, what's that saying? I always get it the wrong way around. You want to walk before you run or crawl before (laughs) you walk. (laughs) Um, I mean, if you can go international, but I suppose the good thing is that, that. face-to-face in person, yeah. particularly when you're building your own confidence with the communication and believe. I think that's a big part of it is you've almost got to start to, it's not so much how good you are, it's how much you believe in yourself and what you're selling is yeah. people feel that and they pick that up.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Did you say yes to everybody? Again, same question, same from Mark. Did you say, did you take on board every single job
1: when you got started or were you selected? It was like, I would would mow their lawns on the weekend as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) That's it. I'll babysit the kids on
0: Tuesdays between 3 and (laughs)
1: 7. Initially, because it was so, I was going after them directly. So the good thing is I was, that was really quite targeted. Um, There wasn't, I didn't have a huge amount of inbound at the start because I didn't really have money and investment. I had this like really out amount of money to Pay for rent and make it last. So we definitely did start running AdWords and different strategies um, within a few months. But um, initially, yeah, we were taking on everyone to, to answer that question uh, until the point where you start going, okay, we needed to start to create some barriers to entry. Like, okay, there is a six-month minimum with us, or there's a, and they go, well, why? Don't you trust? Your, don't aren't you confident with your services? And I'm honest. I'm like, you know what? this is actually to stop the crazies Nice. So <laughs> we like, put oh. so much energy into for the first two or three or four weeks or six weeks. And then you just dump us. So, yeah, you know, it. this is a barrier to entry that we create. And if you're committed, then come on board. If not, it's sort of that walk away close, take a leave it. Love it. Man, I can hear. Which so is hard that's... when you're first starting
0: though. It is. It, it's hard just it just is to you're take you're, it a leave When you're, you're bootstrapping starting. the egg out of it. When did you feel like yeah. you'd made it, mate? Like, when did you go, Dan, I, I am now past that point of, is this thing going to work? And I'm actually genuinely looking at my team in the eye, looking
1: at my wife in the eye going, wow, I can't believe we're here. Probably the main, probably the key trigger, I remember we were um, uh, almost practically in the bush in Victoria <laughs> and I get this text from someone going, mate, amazing um, article in Forbes and, I, and this was about a year ago and I was like, what? Forbes with an S and so I like, yeah, I Googled my name um, and was like, whoa, what's this? That was a point where I was like, okay, wow. like that's, that's, um, that's pretty cool. I can that stop for 10 seconds go. and actually go, okay, cool. Or, you know, and then you move on.
0: <laughs> yeah, nice. Did that cause the phone to ring?
1: Yeah, it did. And I suppose it was just that, yeah, that level of, okay, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, what's the word? Um, that level of, you know, not, not you've made it, but that level of, okay, recognition that, yeah. hey, yeah. This, a publication like this thinks, thinks you're worthwhile to profile.
0: Nice. Unreal, mate. So as you're, as you're building this, Jordan, like, I, I want to ask you, if we, if we put up a million-dollar stake right now and we pitted you as a startup, with, we take away your Rolodex, take away your existing client base, just you at a desk, starting from today, pitting you against two or three other people with the same skill set, same background. Would you win that contest? Who's the first to a million dollars in turnover? Would you win it based or on your own philosophy? Is it any type of business? Uh, digital marketing, one hundred and one, starting from scratch. First to a million in turnover wins the prize. Would you win it?
1: I'm pretty confident I would. Nice. Uh, I know that sounds I arrogant, arrogant, but no. I but mean, that's what I want to know. That, like that, conf- that. 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 In my head, my head goes. That challenge is going to come down to one thing: who's willing to outwork to the point where it's like they win or drop dead. Nice. <laughs> and as crazy as that sounds, I'm like, I have got a feeling that I'm I'm so competitive as well. So I've got a feeling if it was literally a competition like that, that wow. um, I'd, I'd probably probably be hustling until I'd either you'd dropped, either win or die. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool i'm a super chill guy super chill guy yeah yeah no
0: worries as long as nobody else is more chill than me right like you know
1: that's
0: (laughs) it uh uh, do you know what i I love that answer man because it's we talked about this low barrier of entry before and then we said as you you know that first hustle maybe that is the barrier to entry because anybody can turn around and take a course on facebook marketing take a course on ppc take a course on seo and the reality of running any business, as both you and I know, is it's not that easy. You need to literally put in the hours, put in the grunt work and make things happen to to win that yeah. contest, to get that pool ahead. So you, you ticked off a million dollars in turnover in 12 months. By that time, you had five or six staff together with you. you. You'd brought in that sort of culture specialist. Now you've grown to over 30 staff. I haven't checked the turnover. Uh, are you at the tens of millions
1: for B Media these days? Under that, yeah, sort of like, you know, five, six level, yeah. Fantastic.
0: Unreal. So what do you do now differently as a CEO of a company with multi-branch offices and a team of 30-plus people, five or six million in turnover? What do you do differently today as a CEO rather than a
1: front-desk hustler? I think a lot of my time now is really sort of, it's like real energy management. Okay. So it's it's what, when am I, and this has been particularly good actually the last few months to reflect on as well is how do I a, protect my energy? Because being a leader of a business, you're quite a vital uh, resource to not, you know, be either burnt out or frustrated and angry or annoyed all the time. So for me, my biggest thing is to look out, like I have a real sort of weekly sort of monthly daily planning schedule that I use and uh, it's written on a, in on paper because I nice. need that. Um, and for me, it's what, when am I in my, you know, that saying, when are in your flow? But really, what, what are the things that I'm best at in the business? Yeah. And yeah. for me, it's like driving projects, creating new things, working on the business things, whether it's marketing, sales, uh, optimization of the business, generally speaking, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That's where I'm really in my flow. When am I not in my flow? I'm not in my flow with things like, um, uh, it sounds terrible, but it, like, like HR issues. Yeah, sure, makes sense. For right. example, and, and it's not. It's more just like bring me in to lead that person, to give them direction, to give them inspiration. But I'm because I suppose of my focus, I I'm not being open. I'm not very um, nurturing. No, that makes sense. <laughs> so to be honest, I can, I'm not I can very feel nurturing that. You feel bad about that.
0: Like, I can feel that you're saying. I can I can actually feel that coming through. That we're saying like. Please don't misunderstand me. The HR is super important. But when I step into that room, you're a sledgehammer. You're like, no, 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 that's a wall and we're going through it. Whereas that person at the desk with that HR issue, they yeah. need a little bit softer approach. And it's it's skills for situations, right? So like, yeah. that's what the difference is between being the CEO and being the HR person is that you have to... And the reality is,
1: yeah, as I say, I'm not good at it. Yeah, Like I'm impatient, I'm reactive, I'm blah, 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 blah. So don't bring me these challenges because i will do the worst job out of it out of everyone probably because i've got the least context the least understanding and you know so i think that's just kind of been very interesting and i've had some good mentors and uh, a couple of board members are really challenging me on those things going listen when you talk about these things you seem really pumped and fired up and then we see the results you produce when you're in this zone we see the energy and the results you're producing so let's do this and not that yeah yeah definitely
0: yeah. So I, I think I know the answer to this question, Jordan, but how strongly then do you lean on your team?
1: Oh, heavily, extremely yep. heavily. Um, yep. You know, I set a goal. I got married nearly two years, just under two years ago. And I was like, I'm not going to be in the office for five weeks. I'm not going to check my emails. Like I, I'm uncontactable. Like if there's one or two, if this happens, calls, call me. Um I was praying I didn't go back to a you know empty office. Now, <laughs> um, so that was a really I had about six to twelve months prior to that. So This was two and a half, three years ago, where that was my mission and goal to set the business up systemized in an area where I couldn't be there for five weeks and it ran perfectly. And you know what? I got back and it was it was like essentially running better um, yeah. because it, I wasn't there to jump in at things. So definitely, I think it's uh, that's been critical. Is because at times I suppose I can be a little bit of a control freak. Everyone else would probably say a major control freak at times now. Um, because of that, I have to force myself to let go. Yeah. And my thing is, like, I don't mind if a couple of small glass balls break from time to time. And often with managers, it's like giving them the power to go, I actually don't mind if you drop a couple of glass balls. Yep. As long as we don't drop these one or two big ones, Yeah. be okay with dropping and making a couple of mistakes because it comes back to that whole trying to be perfect and then getting yeah, nothing yeah. done. So, yeah, I would lean on my team extremely heavily.
0: Awesome. So coming back from that, from your honeymoon, you know, with uh, coming back from that five or six weeks away, you've you've worked 12 months to put some systems and some people in place. What did that allow you to do as you've come back in at, as a CEO of now a company that's running? How did that
1: enable you to grow from there? It enabled me to work on what I was good at and enjoyed. Yep. Which also, therefore, drove such value for the business. Nice, because I wasn't doing things that I wasn't great at. And I know it sounds quite simple, but when you're enjoying yourself, having fun, and 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 achieving, yeah. then you're you're then you are inspirational and being a good leader and empowering. It's when you're stuck in all that work that's not your vibe. If you like, is that's when you're irritable and 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 sort of rub people the wrong way. So. I tried to keep that up. Obviously, it's always a always a balance, I think, as well. I would start to work from home um, or work from cafes for like a day a week. Then it got to two days a week because nice. it's amazing when you're not in – and moving from our head office to, to Melbourne a year and a half ago, that was a big, big uh, transition point that enabled all of this to really sink in because it's like, okay, he's not in the office to just go to for something. Um, and that helps enable people to really step up and be yeah, empowered. Sure.
0: And, and I guess then um, uh, enabling people to step up and be empowered, you would have started that, as you said, 12 months previously. Do you remember the cog turning that actually said, I need A, B, C person to be able to take this role and I'm going to give them a different level of responsibility? Like, do you actually remember consciously choosing to power those people up in their roles?
1: I think it was good. But maybe an answer for this is, and for those that are listening, is like it, most of the things I learned were from great mentors or asking people. It wasn't all in my head at all. Like, you know what, I probably was more average than most people listening to this. Likely, a lot more average than most people that are listening right now. I just would ask. And I suppose that was from upbringing. Mum always like, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Just ask. Just ask if you don't fully understand. So at school, I'd always be asking, asking, asking. So um, it was asking, okay, this is going on. What am I doing wrong here? And everything you read and you look, start getting through enough of this business material or personal development material, it's all like... Try and start working on the business because then that enables this, and you know you read all those different types of you know whether it's the E Myth and all that type of books and thinking. You hear that again and again and again, and then you're eventually going to go, okay, how, how how what am I doing in my business? How does that work? And then you start to dis- you start to associate doing things that you could leverage as it's not smart. Yep,
0: yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, and these days, I guess uh, y- your people now operate at fully autonomous level. So you're able to leave them in charge of projects. I mean, I'm, I was looking at your, your team uh, on the about us page of B media, like your, your team are incredibly high caliber, talented individuals and you can let them run with the ship. Mate, you mentioned a few times that uh, the word mentors and then the board. So at what point did you say, I need a, I need a board of directors or advisors. Like how did you assemble that? And what was your, what was your thinking to put that together?
1: Yeah, so the two are linked, which is nice. Uh, I got I had got introduced to a, to a new mentor. I've had lots of different mentors, um, and here in Melbourne, and he um, started talking to me about all these things and going, "Okay, I had I've already got so many ideas and directions I want to go." And he's like, "Listen, you know, uh, we still we are a privately owned business, and um, so we don't need that, you know, typical board that a public company does." However, and it, what we've got is an advisory board, so. That I got really, really clear on, okay, what are the skill sets that I really, really need to us to get to the next level? And one was really that finance kind of structure, operational, real smarts, because the, the numbers are the key to the success of the business, obviously, of mm-hmm. it dying or thriving. Um, and then the other element, I wanted someone that had this awesome track record of building and hustling a really big business from nothing. So I could have that real entrepreneurial gun. And it's funny, I literally, like on a piece of paper, drew this person, all the attributes, pieces of things, which my mentor told me to do, and then did it for the second type of person. And it's so funny how quickly these two within, people within were so obvious weeks. to me. I actually wasn't thinking of them prior to this. And then I went, oh my gosh, one of my best friends and mentors the last seven years, he's that entrepreneurial weapon. Wow! And then I asked him, it was, it was nerve wracking to ask. And I said, we had our first board meeting in January this year. So that's been a, a yeah a really a really awesome experience because cool. I'm I'm now answering to people as that's well. Really cool. So how how do you feel about that? Like I mean that,
0: that's fascinating to me. How do you feel about that? Where you have been the captain of the ship for so many years, and you brought people on who are now asking you the tough questions. Like how how do you how are you reacting to that?
1: It's good. It's, to be honest. I did know for. Couple of years that I should have an advisory board, and I was almost a little bit putting it off because I was like, oh, "But I love my life right now, and I yeah, love yep. I, I, I love the system it. right now." I um, however, I went, you know what? This is to get us to the next level. So it was it was interesting, but the good thing is, like, I love I'm, I suppose I thrive on a good challenge. So it was like, okay, this is going to help update and upgrade my mental operating system because. These and, and, you know, one of the board members, Ben, a couple of years older than me, but he talked me through his experience. He said, listen, I was, I was terrified at the start. I didn't know half the things they were asking me three way forecasting this, this, this. But he's like, don't worry, I'll help you. I'll walk you through it. And they've both been super awesome in, in, in taking the pressure off and going, listen, we exist here for you to achieve your, you know, your business and your personal end goals. So it's been it's been a great experience, and you know what they do push me extremely hard. So that 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 side of it is tough. <laughs>
0: and, well, again, but knowing you or can, feeling your personality there, I think that that you would respond to that. So uh, if they're pushing you extremely hard, I would I would attribute an extra zero in the turnover to that in a not too distant future, just purely because you won't let them beat you. I can see that from a mile away, which is very cool. So Jordan, now now as we look at what you have built with B Media, what's next? What's your What's your horizon look like for the company and personally? Like, how are you moving that forward?
1: Oh, good question. Uh, You know, for us, it's at the moment we're very nationally focused. We are focused on Australia. We're not getting too ahead of ourselves. We still do, you know, like our Melbourne office, a new office for the first couple of years is, as someone told me about this great analogy, is like a screaming toddler. (sighs) They demand and need so much energy and attention. And I haven't had kids, but like... um, that's what I'm told by people that have had kids. So a lot of focus on our East Coast growth. Um, I think we are really well established in, in WA. So a lot of focus on, um, Victoria and New South Wales for the next, uh, at least two to three years. But, um, there's, yeah, big picture. We, um, you know, got definitely got other interests, um, to expand and about got clients in, um, you know, Singapore and Asia Pacific. Fantastic. Uh, so the big picture horizon is to have a really thriving, um, thriving agency uh, with with multiple offices in multiple regions.
0: Nice, cool. And and are you are you picking the countries? Are you literally saying once we get Victoria established, let's talk two, three years out? Have you got an eye that like you don't have to disclose where where you're looking at? But you know, you mentioned you've got clients in Singapore, etc., through Asia. Would you look at potentially going? Okay, now we've got a cookie cutter model that we can go and set up the next one and the next one.
1: Well, I think what's awesome about this, is always, I suppose, what I wanted to create was integration with my personal life and the business. So, and knowing when I'm happy in all those areas, I do a lot better job in the business. You know, me and my wife do have, um, have always, do have a real plan to, to live in America in the coming years. So whether that's in the next sort of three, four, five, six years might give a bit of a picture, um, to that. And, you know, um, uh, Americans love Aussies. Most of them do anyway. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can see why. I mean, you can see what <laughs> What's not to love about us, huh? No. Yeah, no,
0: exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so that, that's the, the personal plan and obviously setting up that, that uh, model to be able to, to move that forward would be exciting times for you. If somebody, um, if somebody gave you that on a platter today and said, okay, Jordan, here's an office in the States, there's, you know, thirty people who are skilled marketers. We need somebody to come and head it up. We've got, you know, a million clients already, and uh, we just we're just looking for the CEO to come in and incorporate that into the B Media mold. Would you Would you take that?
1: Yeah, definitely consider it. I mean, you know, like whether it's going. I'm there expecting your phone zero to, it. By the
0: way, like I'm hoping that that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. just going to go. I need this guy. All right.
1: I think that's a great way to expand a business is looking at, you know, ways you can merge and kind of benefit off, off different skills. I think that would be fun. I mean, I just love a good challenge. Like, I think what I do reflect on is, is crazy and as insane as the first couple of years were, they probably were the most fulfilling. Um, so it's that funny, what would you call it? That funny, uh, instance where when you're in the moment it's always the worst most terrible thing but then hindsight you go that was the best time that's like why don't we feel good in the moments when we're going through a struggle but i think that's uh, that's a dichotomy of life hey?
0: absolutely absolutely Mate, I, I, again i'm so respectful of the time i just want to finish up um, i meant to come back to this earlier you mentioned that the majority of your day this at the moment is spent managing energy and I, I'm just going through uh, Brendan Burchard's book, which, I, which I'm absolutely loving, the, the high performance. Um, and he talks a lot about that in terms of making sure that you're energized to be able to lead your team, you know, energized to perform at a, the highest possible level for your clients. You mentioned you've got a monthly, daily, weekly strategy and plan. What's your, what's a day in the life, there you go, I love it. What's a day in the life of Jordan look like? Like what what is your your day by day at the moment? And of course we're, you know, in lockdown, so things are probably different. But how do you maintain that energy to hit your goals, drive everything forward on a daily basis.
1: For me, like I so I do have quite a structured at least morning routine. So definitely, we'll try um, and be up. It's uh, been super cold this week, but at least by sort of 6.30, go for forty five minutes an hour of exercise. Um, and in isolation, it's been down at the park with a with a kettlebell or whatever. However, for me, that'll be doing that and I'll be listening to some audio, or sometimes we listen to music. Um, but that will be, for me, I want, it, I want it to be 7, 7.30 and I'm like pumped for the day and it's almost like I've, you know, bashed myself up with a workout that I'm like, okay, bring it on. Anything that happens today now, just bring it on. Um, so then I'll, I'm doing, I've been doing through my mentors, been telling me there's a lot of different, a lot of journaling lately. So particularly the last couple of weeks, actually, ISO, ISO, isolation has allowed me to be more, more disciplined with this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I can confidently say I am actually doing these things but, journaling for five minutes in the morning about my intention for the day what i want to achieve what what's my and then reflecting at that at night so that structure really enables me to go i don't think any of us spend enough time reflecting we just move through day to day to day to day to day. we don't so for me there's a lot of different reading and things i've done is there's so much power in you know like the army they will you Navy know, seals etc they spend 80 percent of their time debriefing wow most of their time is spent what's going debriefing on briefing missions better. Wow. That's well, incredible. what did we do? How did that mission go? They, they might spend 20% of their time actually doing missions, but most of their time reflecting debriefing and, you know, great sports teams. Um, you know, the Michael Jordan, like documentary out at the moment, that was a lot of his time. He would sit and study, study every single like training practice he did, what he did well, how he could do better. So that, I suppose, opens and closes my day. And then I just make sure I'm really focused on, you know, what are the one or two things today? For me, I get very worried when someone's like, I got so many things today. I got 50 things on. I'm like, that worries me. I'd prefer you to have one or two things on that are that are meaty.
0: What's the biggest, most important thing that you can do right now that's going to make everything else irrelevant and just focus wholly and solely on that? Yeah, um, 100%. Fantastic. Jordan, I, as I look, I, I don't even have enough time to, to list off the accolades and the incredible clients that B Media has put together. But I do want to just say thank you, mate. To be able to, to bounce back and forth, I, I can see from a mile away that the the success that you've been able to create from, you know, these last six, seven years has been purely from the drive that you've put in to that growth and into that winning the game. And I absolutely love it, mate. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come and say hi. Uh, I genuinely appreciate it. And for anybody that's listening, tap into B-Media. Go and follow uh, Jordan on Twitter. I can see that you've got a pretty active uh, Twitter and LinkedIn profile there as well. Um, Do touch base with this man because obviously he is kicking goals and and, uh, just getting started. So, again, mate, thank you so much for your time. I genuinely appreciate it.
1: It was a pleasure. It was uh, good fun. You have a great
0: day. Thanks, man. You too. Appreciate it. Cheers. Bye.